Hello. Hi. Welcome back to Wheel Takes, a podcast about the Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson. My name is Gus. I've read every Wheel of Time book. And I'm Allie, the near dead. <laughs> how, how are you doing? I'm so I'm tired. I'm so tired, too. <laughs> uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about. And our broken microwave and all the other random bullshit that's happening right and now. And our broken this, heater. And our broken heater. This is about fun and escape <laughs> and joy. And we have harshed the fuck out of all of your mellows right now. No. This podcast only contains spoilers for what Allie has already read. And today, that's everything up to and including Lord of Chaos, Chapter 12, wherein what happens? Uh, we walk around, we look at stuff. Yes. This is a walk around and look at stuff episode. What, what page are we on? Uh, we we right. are on page three hundred and twenty. Now you listen to me. Of a total of boom. Let me see nine hundred and eighty-seven. Harriet, come for your man. <laughs> We're nearing the midpoint. <laughs> How you feeling about Lord of Chaos so far, Allie? I want to know what it is that everyone went ooh about when I said that I was on this book. I mean, I like it. I like it. Don't get me wrong. It's just not blowing my mind yet. But that seems to be the theme is that around the midpoint, Robert Jordan goes, oh, fuck, I'm 400 pages in. It pops off for the rest of the book. Yeah. But it's not until we get to 400 pages in. So we're at what, 300 and... 320. All right, so in about, in the next 80 pages, Robert Jordan's going to realize that we've been meandering for a while, and suddenly something's going to actually happen. I'm concerned for Saladar, personally. Yeah. I think that's going to be a problem. It seems to be, we've been spending a lot of time there. Yeah. Kind of talking about the inner workings and the politics and stuff. So I'm concerned about Saladar. And is that to say that nothing interesting has happened in the first 320 it's pages? Because I, 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 again, this is where I quit the series on my first read, is this exact area. Well, you're a Philistine. Yeah, no, I, I acknowledge that now. What a chump. Boo. Yeah, everyone boo, boo me. Boo me on Twitter. It's fine. I understand. Mm. I, 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 I gave up and then I went, I didn't quit the series at this point. I actually stopped. I put the book down, picked something else up, and then five years went by. Send <laughs> the bookmark stayed in the book. Send your complaints to Gus at whatacquitter.com. <laughs> you know, years ago, you I told you I'd cut a joke and you told people to send me hate messages for having cut the joke. Do, did anybody do it? I still get hate messages. Good. Do it again. People send me, every once in a while, I just get DMs that say, Allie told me to tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> you got cyberbullied by your own wife. Yeah, pretty no. much. I'm not even sure what the joke was, but I'm sure I deserve it. Um, hey, anyway. Well, you corrected when it was the, uh, we must protect the world from his coming. coming yeah. Was it that was it? something from before then. But I feel like you later put it in a I different did. episode. I did, because there's that whole episode where you say, tell Gus he's an asshole for cutting this joke. <clears throat> yeah. 
We're doing self-referential humor today on Wheel Takes Podcast. If you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, this is your first episode. Hey, what's up? This is a weird one to start with, I think. You know what's <clears> real <throat> is in the genre world, when we're looking at like studies of genres, we call when they start using self-referential humor in the development of, of a genre, the Baroque period. Oh, fuck. We've entered our Baroque period. So we've period. entered Wheel Takes Baroque period. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the episode title. I don't know though. Um, hey, Allie, guess what? We have you some know what people. They say. Yes, if it ain't Baroque, Baroque don't, don't fix, fix it. it. We have okay. some people to thank. Who are they? They are our. <laughs> it sounded so unenthusiastic. New, I'm sorry, new patrons I for whom it. we are overjoyed they're now crying because- <laughs> i mean that by the way if we sound unenthused we're not it's just been a very long week um but we're thrilled to be here and we're very grateful to all of you and i'm gonna keep clearing my throat apparently sorry i have hair in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> Allie, our first new patron uh thanks for the pint craig s craig s just like a Affable bar of soap. You are bubbly. (laughs) You are cleansing. You are, like, hard to grasp in terms of (laughs) your complexity. You know, you're just a very complex person you're hard to hold on to in that way you know every you're just surprising you are um you also smell nice and for that we thank you and thank you for being a part of our community thanks for the high five rd rd just like a abundant flax seed all right yes you are healthy you are good for people. You are um, adorably small. <laughs> like you just, you just want to put you in your little pocket. You are, um, you are a person that really we have to take the time to really chew on. You know what I mean? Where, where it's like, wow, I really need to like delve into that person and really take some time with them. Um. And you you boost not only our health, but our lives. And for that, we thank you. And thanks for being a part of this community. Thanks for the high five. Knuckles mustache. Knuckles mustache. Oh, it's like Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the reference. My favorite kind of inexplicable action that he does. I'm still not sure what it means. I'm convinced it's dirty, but it, that's yeah. just me. <laughs> Um, Knuckles Mustache, just like a versatile willow tree, you are sweeping in terms of the reach in touching other people's lives. You are steadfast. You are somber when appropriate, (laughs) but also casts a lovely shade for people to relax under. You... You invite people into your life. And for that, we thank you. And thank you for being part of this podcast. Thanks for the cup of coffee, Ragnar. Ragnar, as in like the Viking. <clears throat> as in, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the, yeah. the Viking. 
Or half of the term for the Viking apocalypse. Ragnarok, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Loomy, knowing stuff. Just like an adaptive um, chameleon. You are emblematic of change, but a positive kind of change. A change that protects. A change that helps. Um, a change that uh, creates a better future. One where we don't die. <laughs> <laughs> You are um, adaptive. You are um, thoughtful. You blend in with your surroundings, but in a way that complements and augments as opposed to you getting lost in the crowd. And for that, we thank you. And thank you for being part of this podcast. Thanks for the high five, Badger Honey X. Badger Honey X, just like a poised flamingo, you are balanced. You are striking visually. You are fluffy and like like just a like a good little cuddler. You are um, a staple in terms of what we would expect to see at places, but in a way that makes us go, "Yes, this is what I came for." Look at them; they're amazing. Do you know what I mean by that? Yes. Yeah, and for that, we thank you, Badger Honey. Badger Honey X? Yes. And for that, we thank you, Badger Honey X, and thank you for being a part of our community. And thanks for the cup of coffee, My Mono, God. Mono Pandora. Mono Pandora, just like a lovely slice of pie. Mm. You are delicious. You are very awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you are peachy keen. Yeah, <laughs> he's over. <laughs> you can do anything. Uh. <laughs> You're just plum wonderful. <laughs> and for that, we thank you. And thank you for being a part of this podcast, Pumpkin. <laughs> I was wondering how we were going to work Pumpkin in there. I was thinking about it. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Mono Pandora. Thanks to all of our patrons. We don't deserve you, and you're too kind to us. <clears throat> so all of our new patrons, I'm a smidge behind on our patron letters, only because Gus and I still have to send out our wedding thank yous. There's a lot. And um, I'm starting to get some passive-aggressive texts from relatives. So I'm going to do those. And then he, uh, this next batch of patron letters will be going out shortly after that. Thank you so much for your patience. You will be getting your swag if you have left us your address. Um, and if you are also interested, you can also get some exclusive merch for leaving us a rating or a review. That, and when you do it, please email us so that we can send you your much-deserved re- review merch. Yeah. So, hey, Allie. What? Where'd we mm. leave off? Oh, fuck if I know. Oh, you know. I do? Yeah, you know. Was it? Think about it. Mm. Was it the Trollocs? No. Cooking everyone? No. No. There's hundred strokes. Here, I'll give you a hint. Ready? Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Hey, that's mm. where we left off. Mm. Chapter 11, Bankruptcy, is called Lessons and Teachers. This is the chapter logo. <clears throat> What's this? It's a dragon fang. It's a dragon fang alley. Yes. Do you have... And I'm going to stall while you swipe away <laughs> from that site you know me so well. notes for the 
upcoming next Wheel of Time chapter, which I'll tell you what it's called. The chapter is called Lessons and Teachers. Did we listen to this? Yes. We did? Yes. I have no notes Don't. on it. We listened to this right after we listened to chapter 10. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I I was, the woman was too stunned to speak. The woman was too stunned to speak. <laughs> um, well, there you go. No notes. This is a red letter day. Uh, chapter 11, Alley Lessons and Teachers. I'm going to have to remind myself what the fuck happens in this chapter. I have no idea okay. what the fuck happened in this chapter. I'm going to be 100% honest. This is actually a pretty interesting chapter. So it's, it's almost a shame you don't have notes. Because I think there's actually some fun stuff that goes on in here. Well, I'll, you'll just get my honest thoughts on the fly. Yes. Because I have to be honest, the other chap slapped me so hard in the face in a bad way that um, a, it'll probably be like I'm hearing this for the first time. Ellie, who's the POV? It's Varen first. Varen Mathwin, the one and only. And I only know because we looked it up. Yes. Um, as soon as Rand was out the door, Varen let loose the breath she'd been holding. She told Swan and Warren how dangerous he was. Neither had listened, and now the passage of little more than a year saw Swan stilled and probably dead while Moiraine... <clears throat> okay, the, neither of those were objectively Rand's fault. The streets... Well, she's not dead. Who? Swan. No, I know, but she's saying Swan was stilled. Well, she doesn't know. I mean, she's saying, like, you guys are fucking around with something very dangerous. Be very careful. Yeah, but Swan getting stilled has nothing to do with... Ra well, I guess it does, but... That's not Rand's fault. While Moiraine, the streets crawled with rumors about the dragon reborn in the royal palace, most beyond belief, and none that was credible mentioned in Aes Sedai. Had Rand turned on her more violently than he just had on them? No. He had aged since she last saw him. No. His face bore the tightness of struggle. The light knew he had reason enough, but could it be the struggle for sanity as well? No. So, Moiraine dead, Swan dead, the White Tower broken... And Rand, possibly on the edge of madness. Theron tisked irritably. If you took risks, sometimes the bill came due when you least expected, in the last way you expected. Almost 70 years of delicate work on her part, and now it might all go for naught because of one young man. Even so, she'd lived too long, been through too much to allow herself to be dismayed. First things first, take care of what can be done now before worrying too long over what might never be. That lesson had been forced on her, but she'd taken it to heart. Thoughts on any of that? None of this was Rand's fault. She seems very quick to assume he's crazy. I'm a little offended on his behalf. How the arcs arc <laughs> in terms of my relationship with the characters. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm cooling a little on Baron, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I don't like that she's like, well, what's done is done about Alana. Yeah, it's an interesting perspective. I'm cooling. I mean, she seems kind of preoccupied. I mean, I get it. I just, I feel like we should take a harder stance here against what Alana did. Sure. Yeah. And I'm a little unhappy that we haven't taken a harder stance here. Take care of what can be done now before worrying too long over what might never be. That she's been working almost 70 years of delicate work. Might all go for naught because of one man working on what? Black Aja shit. This goes all the way to the top. <clears throat> She's like, I was part of the Black Aja before it was cool. When it was called the... <laughs> when it was called the Noirja. It's a good name. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, I'm worried. I'm worried I'm missing something, but I can't find anything. How are the girls? They're fine. They're bad. No, they're bad. They're bad. I just uh, heard what I said. R- uh, Rand high-key traumatized them pretty hard there. Yeah, you I know? mean, they'll get over Not it. Not a great move on his part. <laughs> Sorry. Nah. I've, I've just got bigger shit to worry about right now. So Varen, Varen does her best grandmother, which I think is actually kind of how she thinks of it. And she gets a maid to give them all, bring them all nice fresh tea, Asriel, hot and with plenty of honey, and put a little brandy in it. Considering the younger women for a moment, she added, make it more than a little, a generous splash each. That should help soothe their nerves. And you and the other maids have some as well. Get drunk on the job. Yeah. So Lana's like, all right, everyone, let's go to bed. That's a good idea. That's, that's what you do with children. That's frankly always the answer. The order caused always go to bed. a commotion. We can't hide here! Loreen managed around sniffles and hiccups. We have to go! Now! He'll kill us! No. Now I get it. Men who can channel. <clears throat> what is Bode's immediate concern? Matt. We gotta get Matt the fuck out of here. Is Matt with him? We gotta get him the fuck out of here. No, Matt's about to go fight a, a Forsaken. And Jancy goes, I want to see Camelin. Oh, baby. It was all Varen could do not to smack the lot of them. <laughs> I was a teacher once. Uh, <laughs> it's relatable. <laughs> most had not been touched, and the danger was gone. On the other hand, they were all tired. Rand's visit had been a shock, and they were likely to face a good many more in the near future. So she held her exasperation in check. There's a tall, pretty girl named Elle. Alana did not. Maybe. Woods. Even among greens, Alana was noted for her quicksilver disposition, and it was worse of late. She goes like, go the fuck to bed. And then she makes her voice louder with magic and like scarier with magic. Now she's going to scare them more? Yeah. I don't know about that. And Varen's like... Varen's right. Get him drunk. Varen's like, <laughs> I, I don't think that was. I don't think that was the play here. But I'm not gonna say anything. She's like, first you traumatize them by traumatizing Rand, a veritable cannon of trauma. Thank you so much for that. Now we're going to scare them some more. By the time you're done with them, I swear to God, there's just going to be urine all over this inn. So they all they all console everybody. The girls run up to bed screaming, and um, Varen and Alana console the serving maids, and the warders console uh, the uh, innkeeper. What is I said I consoling? Is it just pat pat there there? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Ivan is keeping an eye on Alana because he's mm-hmm. worried about her, and because Owen died. And Varen's like, "Hey, Alana." Um, so there's multiple Owens. No, it's Owain, and he's dead now. O-W-E-I-N. Robert. So Varen's like, hey, Alana, let's go over there and talk for a minute about mm. some things. Mm. And then the innkeeper goes talking to, I, I don't know which one, probably Tomas. He's going, do you suppose I could claim the dragon reborn patronized my inn? <laughs> oh, he's looking for the opportunity. He, he did come in after all. He did. He so did. They go into the room and Alana immediately is like, wow, fuck that kid. What an asshole. 
Rand, you dickhead. How could, what, what was he th- restraining us? What? You're an asshole. No, Alana, you were the first asshole. The fast hole. Oh, this, this version of the book has a typo. Look at that. Ooh, a lovely Varen watched typos. her for a few moments before speaking. It had taken her ten years to get over Balinor's death and Bon Tomas. Mana's emotions had been raw since Owain's death. Well, her name's not Mana. It's not Mana. Uh, and she'd held them in far too long. The occasional bouts of weeping had, she had allowed herself since departing the two rivers were not enough of a release. And... You know, so they chat for a little while. They talk about the girls for a little while. They talk about the rebels for a little while. I'm going to start calling her Mana just because I'm mad at her. <laughs> um, they're trying to get, she's trying to find out if Alana can get more information about the, uh, about the green, about the, about the tower split. Talk about Varen and the, about, about Alana. No, no, no. They talk about Elida and Swan. Uh, and then, Varen goes, only a simpleton would believe that uh, Elida's role as a re- Swan Sanchez's role in Rand's stuff played no part in bringing her down. Coincidences that large do not exist. So think what Elida's view of Rand must be. She was red, remember? While you're thinking, answer me this. What were you at bonding him like that? Thank you, Varen. And Elida just goes, well, I mean, you know, um, seemed like the good, uh, seemed like the thing to do. Seems like, you know, like we should have done it ages ago. Hmm. 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 Alana, I tried to go with hot nuance last chapter, and you are <laughs> making that really, really, really difficult. They should all have been bonded at the first chance. Mm-hmm. They're too important to run loose. Him most of all. Mm-hmm. And then she blushes really, really, really hard. And Varen remembers that she kept on making funny eyes at Perrin until Fail walked up to her and was like, Hey, you want to fuck around and find out? Because I'll murder you. Good. If Good you for do you, that. Fayil. I will literally kill you. Good for you, Fail. And Varen thinks to herself, Well, if you actually understood what you were saying, you wouldn't do that. But, like, clearly you don't. So you totally would. Good for you, Fail. Yeah. What you should say is, I'd kill you before you even fucking did it. Uh, very likely. It had been, um, what did she say here? Very likely, it had been frustration over that, plus the frayed state of her nerves that had led to what she did with Rand. Okay, okay, here's here's the deal, here's the deal, here's the deal. We gave her plenty of hot nuance last episode. Varen, I don't need you doing that for us. Not only bonding him, but doing so without his permission? That yeah. had not been done in hundreds of years. For good reason. It's well, fucking creepy. Well, Varen thought dryly, I've broken a few customs in my time. Um... Customs, Varen. See, I'm cooling on Varen with this attitude. Logical. You sound like a white. Uh, well, is it logical? Is it logical? This is what Varen's saying. Is it logical? Now that you have him, what are you going to do with him? I'm minded of a fireside tale I heard when I was a girl about a woman who put saddle and bridle on a lion. She found it a fine. She found it a fine and wonderful ride. But then discovered she could never dismount and never sleep. And Alana's like, yeah, no, I may have fucked up a little bit. No, you fucked up a lot, bit. Because, like, holy shit, he's strong. You fucked up a lot, bit. And I really hope that he makes your life a little difficult 
I hope he makes your life really difficult. I hope you regret it. I really do. I hope he makes your life difficult. I hope, I hope that he goes Moraine when she met Lan on your ass. Yeet her into a pond. Yeet her into a pond. Yeast her into a pond. Sick mosquitoes on her. You know, harmless, but like awful shit. You know what I mean? They talk about the amnesty and whether or not it's real and how they hate the idea that it's real. Make all of her food moldy while she's eating it. And then uh, Varen starts laying out a plan for how to deal with the men who can channel. What to do about Rand. What to do about Saladar. I think Rand should send you a glitter bomb in the mail. Of course, she doesn't know where Saladar is. There was a good deal to be worked out, though most would come later. A good many questions to be answered... Later, was Moiraine dead? And if so, how had she died? I could tell you. Were there rebels? She's not dead, though. And what should her and Alana's stance be concerning them? Should they try to deliver Rand to Elida or to these rebels? Where rebels. were they? To the rebels. That knowledge would be valuable and whichever way the other questions bar. were answered. <laughs> how were they to make use of the so very fragile leash Alana had placed on Rand? Should one or both try to take Moiraine's place? You can't. Maureen is mother. For the first time since Alana had begun to let her emotions over Owain creep to the surface, Varen was glad she had held them in long enough to become so volatile. In her raveled condition, Alana was bound to be more amenable to guidance, and Varen knew exactly how some of those questions had to be answered. Oh? She did not think Alana would like some of those answers. Best not to let her learn them until it was too late to change them. I don't like this at all. Why? It's a little weird that she's all excited that Alana's amenable. Well, Varen is one of the Varen is one of the few people who's been on the ground floor of the Rand plan for the longest time. The Rand plan. The Rand plan, right? Yeah, I just just not a fan of this whole situation, and it's just it's 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 coloring my opinion of a lot of the people that were involved in it. In just, various ways. Just generally? Yeah, it's bugging me. I'm bugged. I'm irked. What's irking you? Just that nobody's calling her out on her shit. No one's calling out that Alana just made shit a lot worse with Rand. And that that was such a not chill thing to do. They're going like, well, one time I wore blue instead of brown. And so, you know, it's the same in terms of breaking customs. Oh. Is that how you got kicked out of your sorority? I wore blue instead of black. Okay. Or black instead of blue. One of those. And I didn't get kicked out. I left. Sorry. You were you were asked to stay in the library during an event because you were wearing slightly the wrong shade. Yes, but I wasn't allowed and to then, go home and change even though I lived around the corner. And then you said, fuck that, and you quit, right? Yeah. I, 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 but I, well, the really horrible thing was I was trying to sneak out the back door, but I couldn't find it. <laughs> because I'd been there so few times because I didn't bond very well with anybody in this sorority. I I realized that I maybe joined the wrong one and couldn't find the back door. So I ran out the front door while everyone was like talking to all these different girls in my blue dress, uh, mumbling something about a family emergency. And then I quit the next day because I was just over it. Don't blame you. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this section before we progress forward? You know what was embarrassing though? What? Then I was halfway, uh, like I'd ran out the door, I was halfway to my uh, dorm. Then I realized I forgot my purse in the house, so I had to oh. run back inside, get the purse. 
<laughs> run out again. That's awful. That was very embarrassing. Oh, well. Any other thoughts on this? Or shall we proceed? Let's proceed. I Rand. Just, I'm mad. I get it. Uh, Rand point of view, he's fucking running as fast as he can to get the fuck away from this situation. Mm, yeah. And I don't blame him. He should. Uh, galloping back to the palace as fast as he can, I should say. Luz Theron is cackling. He can feel Alana in his head, which he hates. He's collecting whole ass people in yeah. his head. He uh, he travels to the farm, an area near the farm, and it's hot as fuck. He can still feel Alana, but she's farther away. He makes a flame sword, and he's just trying to get Alana out of his head. He embraces Sidine, well, he starts channeling, work. and nothing happens no matter what he does. Alana's, Alana was still there, curled up in a corner of his brain, watching him. With a bitter laugh, he released the power again and knelt there. Okay, okay, this is what I bet. She dies, and there's going to be like a passage where it's like, Once Rand wanted her out of his head, <laughs> and now he would do anything to have her back in it. I hope not. That sounds upsetting. Well, you know what I mean? Like, it's going to be like, but now he felt her absence like a knife plunged into his cerebellum. I don't know. Yeah, I get I'm it. Not, I'm not the novelist no. here. But, but do you're you, doing well. Do you feel like that could be totally a thing? That could totally be a thing. Like, we'll like, get a full circle moment. It, it had been bad enough to have the knife in his heart, but feeling it removed was all the worse. The a- feeling the absence. Yeah. 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 Um... Did you just quote exactly what it was? Would I do that? Yes. Maybe not. He had been so sure. (laughs) Only two, I said I. Of course he could handle them. He'd handled Egwene and Elaine together. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's why she needs the hundred strokes now. Um, Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't don't apologize. What could they possibly do to him? He realized he was still laughing. Egwene and Elaine? (laughs) Now we're talking about trauma now. <laughs> Sorry. He realized he was still laughing. Don't apologize. It's okay. He realized he was still laughing. He did not seem able to stop. Well. Well, it was that's funny. uncomfortable. His fool pride, overconfidence. It had gotten him in trouble before. And more than him, he'd been so sure that he and the hundred companions could seal the boar safely. And then he's like, nope. Holy fucking no. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. No. Shut the fuck up in there. Get the fuck out. Absolutely not. We're just starting to get a whole a whole panel of experts in his head now. That was not me. Get out of my head. All of you, get out of my head. Luz Theron's voice murmured indistinctly, distantly. Alana waited silently, patiently in the back of his head. The voice seemed afraid of her. Deliberately, Rand brushed off the knees of his breeches. He would not surrender to this. Trust no Aes Sedai. He would remember that from now on. A man without trust might as well be dead. Luz Theron giggled. I... I trust that Alana will eventually be dead. <laughs> so, Rand's back at the farm. Sora Grady is staring at him immediately. Gee, woman! Put your eyes away! Uh, what are, what are the training the students in training doing? Um... Being pushed too hard. They're doing stuff with the rocks. They are blowing rocks the fuck up. Yep, 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 yep. And uh, they have, they're supposed to blow up the rocks and then shield themselves from the shrapnel. Rand, 
This is an idea of what you could do to Alana. <laughs> oh my god. I don't think that would go over so hot. Just blow up her foot. <laughs> you can't blow up her foot? Taim goes, so th- blow up this rock and, and F- Damer Flynn doesn't uh, make the shield fast enough and he gets cut up a bit. Yeah, and then Masram Taim's mean about it. Perhaps you remember what I say next time, Taim said calmly. Shield as you strike, or you may kill yourself. He glanced at Rand as if he'd been aware he was there all the time. Continue. And then he walks over to Rand. Uh, Eben Hopwell stands up, Eben. getting ready to do the thing. And Rand goes, hey, um, are you good to just let them do that on their own? Are they going to die? And he goes, well, some of them will probably die. You said to push them, my lord dragon, so I push. They make them do everything with the power, the chores, everything. The newest got his first hot meal last night. If they can't heat it themselves, they eat cold. For most things, it still takes twice as long as doing it by hand, but they're learning the power as fast as they can, believe me. Of course, there still aren't very many. Yes, and so then Mazzy Pizzazzi brings up the idea of having a bunch of people go out searching for... Doing recruitment parties. Yeah. Like yeah. traveling to villages and being like, hey, come sign up for the fun party time. You know, all they got to do is just sing a song about how much it sucks to join them. <laughs> it's lining the I, fuck up. With Matt, it's working like a charm. They can't turn the people away. Uh, before we get to that, though, Rand is like, hey, what happened to the sword master I sent you? And Mazzy Pizzazz goes, I sent him away. Why would I need a sword master when, you know, we have magic? Which is exactly what Mr. Bashir said. But Rand, for some reason, insists on using swords because, I don't know, they're cool and shit. Well, no, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Because it's like sometimes hitting someone with a plate works. Also, what if you get shielded? That's true. What if you get stilled? You know what? I feel like Mazzy Pizzazzi's reluctance to use swords is going to come back to bite him. Mazzy Pizzazzi's arc is he dies because he gets shielded and he has no sword. What good are swords? Another or rock no, he sucks exploded. I can barely avoid stabbing myself, and I've never felt the lack. They have the power now. Kill him! Kill him now! Luce Theron's voice echoed hollowly through the void. I can't decide if Luce Theron's right. <laughs> Surrender's like, hey dumbass find him bring him back go fuck yourself pick the order i don't care elaine can show you how to fuck yourself with the hundreds <laughs> what are they supposed to do if they can't channel when you were shielded by the Aes Sedai, you might still have escaped if you knew how to use a sword how to fight with your hands i did escape here i am Rand is like, oh, we're being a little bitch today, are we? <laughs> um, That's one of my favorite things you do is when you just go, oh. <laughs> so they, Rand is like, why the fuck are you here, by the way? And Rand goes, because there's Aes Sedai and Camelon and I don't want to be around him. You wouldn't believe the day I fucking had. And Taim goes, doing an Aes Sedai's head like one of those rocks isn't beyond them even now. The weave's only a little different. Hey. For that matter, I can... <laughs> That's an idea. I can remove them myself if you're not up to it. Oh, 
fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Alana, so, you're so for, lucky. For, for the lighthearted yo, 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 joking about blowing up Alana's foot earlier, not time is like, would you like me to assassinate them? No, hang on. That's interesting. <laughs> I would. No, not Varen. Leave Varen. I'm not cool on her yet. I'm cool on... Hmm. Somebody. <laughs> Rand goes, um, no. Thanks. Dick. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Uh, just stay clear of Aes Sedai, please. Okay? And I don't want anybody dead or gentled because his head is too big for his cap. Make sure they know it. I hold you responsible for them. And time is like, oh, they're, a bunch are going to die. Sorry, you, you told me to train men to use the power as quickly as I could. They're going to die. Like, some of them are going to probably burn out. Some of them might go crazy. Some of them might just die. Like, they're going to die. Uh, are you chill with that? And he goes, also, you know, I could just go get a lot more if you would fucking let me. So this okay, is where we get go. to that plan from earlier. Okay, then go. Rand's got a plan. He's going to gateway into villages. Uh, he's going to say he's recruiting men to follow the dragon reborn. And then when they get the men, they're going to be like, hey, hey, we're going to see if you can channel. Uh, if you can, you're going to come be a magic man. And if you can't, then you can still join the Dragon Reborn as a, you know, footman, whatever. Great, because you know what? Being a regular-ass peasant sucks. So let's do that. It's time you started raising an army of your own instead of depending on others. Bashir could change his mind. He will if Queen Tenobia tells him to. Mm, And who can know what these so-called Aiel will do? This time he paused, but Rand held his tongue. What do you think of that? I I think they gotta go get more guys. I think he's right. We need more guys. Which is why I'm kind of like, okay, is Mazzy Pizzazzi like a problematic fave? Or is he, as Luz Theron says, demon boy? He seems very interested in matching the White Tower in terms of units within a year that makes sense because i mean if they can match the white tower then the white tower can't gentle him as they intend rand is like you know this guy kind of sucks and i don't know how to feel about this but um okay yeah let's go with that let's do it sounds good please don't kill any Aes Sedai. and that's the end of chapter 11 well until i can kill one particular Aes Sedai. Chapter 12, Allie, is called Questions and Answers. Okay. This is the chapter logo. What's this? It is a tear. It is a tear. Um, you have notes for chapter 12? I do. Let me set the scene. They're trying to use some weaves to listen in on this conversation. No, they can't. No, they're trying to. Oh, okay, okay. And I wrote, you could just walk up and listen at the door. Which ultimately, they do. Mm-hmm. Oh, look. They're walking around and talking about stuff. And then Robert Jordan just casually drops a word that, oh, that happens. I didn't yeah. see coming. <laughs> so here's, well, let's, let's do this real fast. There's a word that is a historically accurate word to use to refer to sticks that are 
to be used in starting fires. I'm not going to say the word. I understand it's because, a historically accurate term. Yeah, I just didn't see it coming. In, and in I, the United Kingdom, it's a word, it's a slang term for a cigarette. In the, in at least in North America generally, I think, probably also, probably Canada. Slur. It's a really offensive slur for, for gay people or people who are LGBTQ at all. And when and, I heard, and when I heard, it starts Grandma, with an F. And when I heard Grammy Kate Redding drop that word, I legitimately had LaCroix come out my nose yeah. because I gasped. If you don't know what shock. the word is, look, now, you can figure it out. Look I'm it not giving anyone a hard time. It's, I just yeah, like I the, just didn't see it coming. Is it technically technically an accurate word to use? Yeah. Could you just said sticks or yeah. tender or kindling? Also, yeah. I'm saying in 2022, we are living in very yeah. different times. And I just feel like nowadays writers would go, you know what? I'm going to just say sticks. You know what? I'm just going to say sticks. <laughs> anyway, I just sat there and went, I'm sorry, a bundle of what, Robert? Anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. You seem to be sweating like a horse. <laughs> I think it was Brigitte goes up to somebody else and goes, you seem to be sweating like a whore. Mm-hmm. And of course, at first I thought she was going to say whore. And so I was cracking up. I hacked. I was laughing so hard. Okay. Honestly, when is the happening happening? Oh, yeah. Because they're talking like about... any happening. So, yeah. Yeah. And then I wrote, TikTok, ladies. I have some proving myself right to do. They haven't thought to ask her about Rand by now? No, I think they have. And yeah, just I realized that to. after that, yeah. This has been a real assless chap. <laughs> In that this chapter has no, like, ass. Oh, shit. They totally picked Egwene. Gus, I think to make up for this chapter, you're required to tell me one spoiler. No. <laughs> okay, chapter 12. Questions and answers, naive chapter. Let's talk about the difference between a slow burn chapter and a no burn chapter. <laughs> mm. um, and also a character chapter. Because I think the three are different things. Listen, here's the thing. We're at a point still where we're reminding us of things that happened in the past few books, I feel. Yeah. And going like, this is how I feel about this character. And this is how I feel about this character. And oh, look, those two are talking. Here's how I feel about them. And we're still there. And at about page 400, that's going to change. So we just got to push on through. I just feel personally like from now on, we should start every book at page 400. It's not a terrible idea. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I got to be honest. I almost fell asleep listening to this chapter. Yeah, this one is... uh... It was slow. It was slow. And it's weird because I feel like people rag on the circus all the time. People shit on the circus chapters day in and day out. I found I the, circus love chapters the circus chapters to be chapters. kind of delightful. You know, they're charming. They're a diversion. They're self-contained in a lot of ways. But they're also like... It feels like a bottle episode. Yeah. But there's like character movement and development and people making discoveries about themselves and interacting with other people. And it's fun. And it's Nynaeve dealing with all her trauma from Birgitta and stuff is happening. And it's like really cool. I well, really Birgitta like Well, Birgitta happens. And Birgitta shows up. And we get to meet Brigitte and do all that. So a lot happens. But I 
I truly can't think of, like, we learn what in this chapter? We learn Nickel is an asshole, kinda. Well, we definitely, definitively, in my mind, learn that Egwene's gonna be Omerlin. Okay, we get, we get a and that hint they've in your mind. the point of no return on that decision. It's the 90th chapter, she's talking to Elaine... They're talking about how they wish they could eavesdrop. Ultimately, they do eavesdrop by walking up to the thing and listening to it. What do they actually hear with respect to their plan? Like, what they're trying... Because they're trying to figure out what. Not really anything. Yeah, what are they trying to learn about? They're trying to learn about Elida and the delegation that got sent from Elida and whether or not they're actually going to go with Elida. Right. And I think by the end of the chapter, we learn pretty definitively that they are instead going to make Egwene Omerlin. Well, that's your read on it. Gus, it's everyone's read on it. But like in read terms of what Nynaeve learns, she learns nothing. No. She she learns that they that there is there is no decision has yet been reached. There is not a lot of plot or character forwarding moments in this. But that's okay. It was reading that we did. <laughs> Megedian, Megedi, Elaine takes the Idom bracelet out with her to teach her novice class and Megedian gets really cocky because Nynaeve can't do anything to her without the bracelet and Nynaeve panics and runs away, which is a character moment. I mean, she's still dealing with her fright and, you know, stress from Megedian and that's a real thing. Robert Uh, Jordan is an excellent writer. Yeah, this is not what we're not saying. He's not an excellent writer. We're just saying perhaps this chapter could have been shortened. Truncated. Truncated. Just a smidge. Abridged. By the way, you can disagree. That's okay. If you like this chapter, I don't mean to shit on it. I understand why people might like it. I just don't enjoy I don't it myself. Hate it. I just feel like I am very excited to get to. I feel like we've had the appetizers. I'm really excited to get to the meat and the potatoes yeah. of this book. I think that's what I'm feeling. Especially because everyone seems so pumped for me to be reading this book that I think I might be overhyped that for the beginning sometimes. of the book. Um. Nynaeve's also copying letters for Delana and another Aes Sedai, which one starts with a J. I'll find it in a minute. Just send or something. Nynaeve makes Megedian clean chamber pots and then fucks off. <laughs> Bet you wish you were doing the dishes now. <laughs> Janya, that's who it was. Janya. This Ileaner accepted named uh, Amara comes in. And gives her advice and then leaves. It's advice on how to copy for Amara and for Janya and Delana. Um, Thank God we got that. So basically, here's the, here's really here's what I will say. The crux of this is yeah. to my yeah. Thank, how could you say that this chapter is crucial? <laughs> we needed that advice on how to copy. I will say this: the crux of this chapter is Nynaeve is frustrated that. Things are at a standstill in Saladar. Mm-hmm. Now, does this chapter adequately make me also feel frustrated that things are at a standstill in Saladar? Yeah. yeah. I'm ser- like, I'm serious. If that's the intention here, it's successful. I just want bodice. I just want something to happen. I just want bodice ripper rand. <laughs> yeah, I- I've been promised from the cover bodice ripper rand and I need it. I need it. I think the thing here is I feel like what I'm supposed to be getting from this chapter is tension and suspense but what i'm getting from it is not that you know mm-hmm. i know i wonder if it might be like yeah let's try to frustrate the reader and i, I think well but it's also like oh my god are we gonna go with elida what are we gonna do 
but but we spend so much time with Nynaeve actively not thinking about that stuff mm. because she's trying not to think about it. But like, it, he almost does it too well. Yeah. That do you agree with me on this? Yeah. Yeah. That that I'm left not thinking about the things she's not thinking about, but it's not occupying the back of my head. Here's the thing. Robert Jordan's too good. He's too good. I mean, is that what I'm saying? Kind of sounds like that's where I'm going. Yeah, I think so. Um, He's too good at, at leading us by the nose. But I think that what we are meant to leave this chapter with, and what I left this chapter with is, what are these ladies up to? Yeah. Because they're talking about a child who is biddable. Birgitta is playing with Gerald and Sieve, the legends. Their mother did not love them. <laughs> She gets worried that they're going to f- suddenly start talking about how Maragon's not their mother, and then she's going to be in hot water. She asks Brigitte to spy for her. Brigitte says no. Uno is also around. Brigitte says that he's a well-set-up man, because, you know... She likes she, she likes men who are not conventionally attractive. And you know what? Who doesn't? Everyone likes everyone. There's no such thing as this, as a as a universal type. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nicola's an asshole to Nynaeve because she's learned that Nynaeve is also an accepted because Nynaeve was posing as an Aes Sedai and now Nicola's like, oh, so you're not shit. Well, she's not. Yeah. Who does she say? Is it Nicola who says you smell like a horse? I don't know. Oh, it was the best. Kate Redding just read it in the most like dismissive, beautiful way. Nicola just keeps calling her accepted. (laughs) <laughs> I said to come back when I found you accepted. Is that one of your herbs? Why do you use herbs? Is it because you can't forgive me accepted? I should not have mentioned that. <laughs> Nine was like, why don't you go fuck yourself, Nicola Treehill? Nicola Treehill? Oh my god, what is she, a D&D character? <laughs> so she gets to Janya and Delana's and she... They quiz her about Rand. Yeah. We're already there? Yeah. Well, I'm, I am... Fucking burning through this chapter because nothing we happens. We absolutely should. She shares some good advice, which is you can lead him or convince him, but he won't be pushed. He digs in his heels if he thinks you're... And Delana's like, whoa, everybody fucking knows that, you shithead. Why don't you give us something we don't know? Okay. His favorite Spice Girl is Ginger. <laughs> and so they just twist her in circles. His and then... favorite Britney Spears song is obviously... Lucky. And then Delana speaks with the voice of Harriet McDougal Rigney herself and says to Robert Jordan, this is taking us nowhere. His favorite Taylor Swift song is Bad Blood. And then Nynaeve leaves. She's supposed to go to Theodrin's and work on breaking her block. And when he was a kid and they lit up some wacky tobacco, he ate the roach. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, she just goes to the little ta- the little hall, which is, you know, the tiny tower, the fake tower, the, the not fake, the tower in exile, um, and just listens through a window. Tarna goes, you're sure that is the message you wish me to carry back? You request more time to consider? What is there to consider? Shireen goes, the hall. And Tarna goes, the hall? Do not believe me, blind to where power lies. That so-called hall thinks what you six tell them to think. And this is Bionin and Shir- Shiriam and Morvrin and I think Carlinia too. You know, it's the six from before. Mm-hmm. And the message is again, yeah, we don't know yet. We'll think about it. Yeah. 
And then they launch into an amazing rendition yes. of the musical The Six. <laughs> she leaves, and then Myral goes, Perhaps we should just send a message. Perhaps we should simply summon her. And then Morvrin goes, The forms must be met. The proper ceremonies must be followed. And Bannon goes, We must meet every letter of the law. The smallest slip, it will be used against us. Every oh, letter of the law, including C. And Carlinia goes, and if we've made a mistake, how long are we to wait? How long dare we wait? And Morvrin goes, Before as long as need be. Please share with the class. As long as need be, says Morvrin. And Bayonin goes, as long as we must. I've not waited this long for the biddable child just to abandon all our plans now. Oh my god, it's a Gwen. And Chirium goes, we've gone too far to turn back, Carlinia. Either we bring her here and make sure she does as she should, or we leave everything to the hole and hope they do not lead us all to disaster. And Carlinia goes, one slip, and we will all end with our heads on pikes. And Naya goes, but who will put them there? Elida, the hall, or Randall Thor? And that's why they're getting a Gwen, because they're hoping that if they have a Gwen in the position of power and she's friends with Rand, that Rand will be like, oh, dope. I'll uh, hang out with my girl, Gwen. Nynaeve thinks to himself, herself, Nynaeve thinks to herself, who was the biddable child? No, that was not un- you. <laughs> that was unimportant. They could have um, fifty schemes weaving. She knew about. It is actually very important. And then the- Theodrin has noticed her eavesdropping, but just doesn't say anything about it. Theodrin's the one that's helping her with her block, right? Yeah. And they fall in together and just start chatting about the lesson hmm. that they're about to do. Nynaeve glanced at her. No questions. No accusations. The way this day had been going, she could not believe she was getting off so lightly. Neither saw the woman watching them from a second-story window. Ooh, what woman? Great question. What woman? That's the end of chapter 12. Carlinia or Shirium or Magedian? Magedian is cleaning poop. <laughs> um, okay, so Shirium, Carlinia... Like, a Sean-chan wouldn't, like, infiltrate, would she? Not out of the question. Nicola? Phelane? Who do we think? I don't know. I'm going Carlene, yeah. Add it to the spreadsheets. Thanks for listening, everyone. We have social media if you want to know what we're up to. We also have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash wheeltakes. And of course, you can always leave us a rating and a review. Normally, we have a lot more energy than this. It's been a long day, week, month, and year. Um, <laughs> other than that, anything else, Sally? Who is that woman in the window? Is she Carlinia in the window? <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you again for listening. This was Wheel Takes with Allie and Gus. Music by Alexander Nakarada. <laughs>